don't forget, it ain't the first 48, bro. It's 60 minutes, bro. Mark Andrews, he's got it. Touchdown, Baltimore. Shout out Zone 32. You come at the K, you best not miss. You're now locked in this turn. Zone 32. 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode, specifically episode 74 of the Zone 32 podcast. The crew is in full force tonight. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. Introducing a man who lost his job yesterday because the Ravens cut him due to waved, injury designation. Waved, waved with waved injury him. designation. They waved him with an injury designation. Nonetheless, you lost your job. You lost your job yesterday. His name no is settlement. No, 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 no injury settlement. settlement. No. None. Fucking Same unemployed fuck. You haven't been here in a month, so speak to him. I ain't going to tell you shut the fuck up. I'm trust you. I'm trust you right now. <laughs> I'm trust you right now. No, it's been a lot going on. You know, um, it's good to be back with my guys. You know, talk some Ravens football. Um, I do have an injury. Um, so surgery tomorrow on the old knee. Old man isn't uh, built like he used to be. Um, it's just been a long month with camps and things. So it's good to be back. Appreciate my guys for holding it down with me gone. Now shut the fuck up. Well, so I mean, typically most people most people start their NFL careers, you know, like twenty two, you know, maybe twenty one, twenty in a few cases. But Grant decided to wait until he was forty seven to uh, start. Tom Brady retired, hey, man. so Grant could join Where the NFL. Forty seven shit come from? Are we adding decades on, or like what? Yeah, he's. He's but I've never said the I've oldest never player said in NFL history. Age. I've never said the correct age for you or Will. Like he I think intentionally Vince wants to make you was that. even like forty. Yeah, Tom Brady was forty six. Tom yeah, Brady, Brady, Brady was forty six. Yeah, Brady like forty seven. Yeah, George Blanda before him was forty three, and he was part time kicking and part time quarterbacking for the Raiders. So hey, Mister Grant could have been the oldest player in NFL history, but that's not the case. Let's jump into it. The fifty three man roster has been released. And suffice it to say, a man that there a few people have been clamoring for his job to be taken away has come to fruition. Mr. Prochet is no longer a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Among others, like Caillou Blue Kelly was released and other players. But nonetheless, I'll let the boys dive in. Drew, give me your reaction. Give me your thoughts on the 53 and the overreactions from people on the internet about the 53. Uh, so I had posted on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I don't know, whatever, whatever fucking day, the, the night before um, roster cutdowns happened, I had posted my prediction and I was 49 of 53. Um, I got Christian Weltrong, Mustafer over, um, I had Mustafer on the roster over Cleveland, they cut Mustafer. Uh, I was wrong somewhere. Oh, and then uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, and uh, I don't know, it's one other guy that was wrong. It doesn't really fucking matter. It was, it was pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, oh, I thought Duvernay was going to be gone, too. I thought they were going to keep Treadwell on the active 53 to start, and that Duvernay was going to get traded. But, you know, I mean, I guess there's still a possibility that that happens, especially since Treadwell said he's going to sign to the practice squad. So, I mean, he's around. So, if that's the route that they want to go, then they can take that. There really weren't any other shocks to me there, though. Um you know, people were talking about Ricard getting cut. People were talking about, you know, who who knows who knows who getting cut at this point. But it, it really, you know, Keaton Mitchell was there. Um, I, that was pretty clear from the first preseason game that he was going to make 53-man roster. Um, it's good to see Malik Ham make the roster. I think that he's, you know, he looked good in the preseason and we could potentially use the edge help. So that's definitely good to keep him around. And, you know, really where our fans' brains got broken was the cutting Kyle Blue Kelly. 
Um, Will had mentioned before we started recording, I didn't see Harbaugh talk about it, but he said that, what did he say, Will, something about wanting to keep veterans around? Because He injuries- said basically due to the, the situation with the quarterbacks right now um, that there just wasn't space for a developmental quarterback. They needed to have more veterans with experience that, that they can, you know, they can rotate. So, you know, Kaya Blue Kelly, I think, has a future in the league. But, like, you know, there's he, he people. Sucks that, right the, now. The, yeah, well, I, I don't even want to say he sucks right now. It's just like he is so raw that he, you, you, he has no utility for an NFL roster that is going to lean heavily on its quarterback depth. And the people who are reacting like, oh, uh, it's a wasted pick. No, it's not a wasted pick because if you expect every day three pick to make the fucking roster, you are brain dead. We have been conditioned to believe that every guy we draft every single year is going to make the team, which is fucking stupid. We've just been, you know, spoiled by how good the Ravens have drafted uh, historically. And people people like to shit on EDC's drafts, but they also then the same people ignore the fact that we have undrafted free agents make the team every year. And that's good. That dates back before him, but that's a, that is a staple of the Ravens roster to have undrafted free agents. We have two that made the team this year. So to lose one draft pick to cut one draft pick, but to gain two undrafted free agents that more than offsets. And those are the same, like an undrafted free agent making the 53 is just as good, if not better than a, a round five, round six, round seven pick, because the same amount of scouting goes into it and you're expending less money you're not investing four years into the player so and it's a player that you can likely if they get if they end up you know you can kind of probably uh bounce them back and forth between the practice squad so it's just like it gives you it does give you flexibility so the people who want to shit on cutting a, a fifth round pick and then at the same time be excited about keaton mitchell and malik ham they don't understand what they're talking about. They don't understand roster construction. They don't understand scouting. They don't understand any of it because it, it you're you're talking out of both sides of your mouth at that point. That's really fucking driving me crazy right now. Yeah. And so I mean, where I just oh, I, I was gonna say, you know, I was big on the Kyle Kelly train, even pre-draft process. I even understand, and it's not the saying like you know, it's not saying that he he just wasn't ready, and that's fine because we're in a win now mode. Baltimore's in a win now mode. The injury thing to Marlon Humphrey, you know, hopefully he's back game one. If he's not, then, you know, it is what it is. We just got to deal with it and go from there. But there's limited corners out there. You would have to make a big time trade, which what's what's the capital on that? Who's available? All that stuff. You need to get the veterans that you need on the roster before you can have a developmental guy on the roster. I mean, it is a numbers game. You know, you have 53 mm-hmm. guys, multiple positions, depth, injury concerns, things like that. Um I understand. I didn't. If he cleared waivers, he was coming back. Oh, for I sure. Believe 100%. That on the 100%. They wouldn't. They, right. A guy they draft like that and then cut, their, their yeah. fingers are crossed. They're hoping so much that they can get him back on the practice squad because they wouldn't have drafted him if they didn't want him in the right. building. But again, it's like the 53 is a different, is a whole different animal. And even guys who make the 53, who made it yesterday and who are on it today, may not be on it week one. There's still a lot of right. of moving parts to get our week one roster set. And like you were saying, as far as like trades or whatever, there I mean, that that quarterback room is still not set. Like we yeah. easily could add another one. We could make a trade at some point. There's a lot of moving parts there. 
Um, so well, and people don't understand that the whole 53 construction now is completely different than it was even five years ago. Like even two years ago, because the practice two. squad rules have, tra- yeah, have changed so they've much. Changed, and you also have these, like you know, as as you know, Drew predicted in his 53. But you have these handshake deals. So right, like, right. yeah, okay, you don't hit on the 53 exactly. But then you pick that person, but they still are going to be coming back and be on the active roster at some point. So, like, you know, it, it's a crapshoot and it is a, a development key, but it's also a what do you need right now key. Um, I was I like Drew was I was 50, 49 of 53, too, but I missed on um, I had Treadwell making an active roster. Um, I had Blackson making an active roster. I had Blue Kelly making an active roster. Um, and then I had Urban making an active roster, and three of those four would have potentially been practice squad guys. Well, and, and, well, and Urban and Johnson are already back on the active roster. Yeah, okay. Urban was back. I didn't know if he officially came back. Yeah, so I had put that in my prediction too that we were gonna once we put somebody on IR, he was gonna be one of the first guys. Yeah, yeah. We had two people. It was him and yeah. somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And I Tra- had him and um, uh, fucking. Bears guy, Bears corner. Oh yeah, Mustafer, Mustafer, yeah. No, yeah. the the cornerback. Um, oh yeah, um, uh, DHC Houston Carson. Houston, yeah, Houston Carson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah Houston okay. Carson. Yeah. yeah. But well, then I, my yeah, logic I mean, on that was that we needed veteran corner depth, so it was the same reason yeah. we cut Caillou. I just didn't think they'd go that route. But well, they still aren't they talking about even still bringing Seymour back? Seymour, Seymour yeah. is back. Seymour is back on the active roster. He's back too. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's the other. That's the third one, and then and then like so with the practice squad rules changing too, like that people don't grasp. A couple of years ago, you couldn't put vested veterans on your practice squad, so like uh, that was a COVID development where you could you could bring in. That's how we ended up with um, Des Bryant on our practice squad. So now yeah. they've just made that permanent. So we have Melvin Gordon on our practice squad. We have um, Laquan Treadwell on the on the practice squad. We have guys in the practice squad with significant NFL experience who can slide right in. Now, not saying that these guys are like stars or anything that we're, you know, we have this like surplus of, uh, of, you know, playmakers, but it's nice to know we have a guy like Laquan Treadwell, who's played a lot of NFL games, scored touchdowns, who brings a certain skill set that we all liked that we thought maybe would make the roster, you know, at the back end of the, the wide receiver depth chart, who, if we have injuries, we have a guy just waiting there to come up. We don't have to go sign somebody off the street. We don't have to rely on an undrafted free agent rookie that has no experience that may not ever, you know, translate over to the nfl so i don't well, know melvin like, gordon too melvin gordon had offers from different you know right. other teams after he was cut and he comes back and he's like no i want to be on the ravens practice squad so that tells me immediately that keaton mitchell's probably going to go in the four-week pup and yep. melvin gordon's going to come in and he's going to be mm-hmm. on the 53 and then just kind of work it from there but he wouldn't come sign with the ravens on the practice squad if there wasn't a potential for him to be active well, he's also seen, he's Mel- also Melvin seen Gordon guys. is known to fumble good opportunities, so I don't know about that. Well, but he's oh, also watched he's watched for the, pa- for the past the the pa- you know, the past two years though he's seen several uh you know veteran NFL running backs who have you know basically run out of op- opportunities come to the Ravens and and look pretty decent. So then they get, end up getting another opportunity, whether it be next season on another team or they get cut late season. And they end up on another team. And that like, yeah. uh, you know, last year we had who was the guy that we drafted last year? Um, that Tyler, Beatty. Williams? Tyler, no, Beatty. Ta- Tyler Beatty, who went to, to yeah. Denver and had a hundred yard rushing game. And then we had got cut too. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, there's there these guys end up on a roster week 16, 17, 18. 
show, you know, and they get like a featured role for a week. And then, the, you know, it's just like it extends their career. So I think he sees this as an opportunity for him where he probably he's thinking I'm probably going to end up getting a game or two where I get, you know, a decent amount of carries and I get some some tape. Well, so. And he also, Wait. too, seems like he's at the point in his career where he's appreciative. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's, as Drew said, fumbled some opportunities away. But, like, he's appreciative now. He's being a vet. He's a good guy for that room, especially when you're dealing with the antics of J.K. Dobbins right yep. now and the whininess and the yeah, need some veteran leadership type yep. shit. You need somebody in that in that locker room and in that, you know, running back room that's going to be a vested vet, that's going to be a good example for the young guys and buy into what's going on right now if he's going to continue to sit out. You need somebody like that around. And I got to give Melvin Gordon his kudos because – he is being a consummate pro right now, and I appreciate that out of him. Yeah, I mean, sure. he got a he got a ring on a practice squad last year, so I feel like he also knows that you know it's a good way to get another NFL ring on his uh, true his resume true. there. And the Super Bowl bonus is nice too if you're looking for extra money. Fuck yeah, yeah. I I think the only thing that is odd to me is it's been this shift this year with the Ravens. Of you know, we never went and paid for wide receivers. We went and got Odell. We took Zay Flowers in the first round. Um, no, never really used void years before they put void years on a bunch of contracts they signed this off season. And now you have, you know, cutting a fifth round pick, which is something the Ravens never would have done before. And they always kind of would have, you know, bit the bullet and kept a developmental guy on the roster, maybe to the detriment of the team. I mean, they did it with Jalen Armand Davis, uh, James Prochet, James Prochet. But I mean, we lost the game against Miami last year because you kept Jalen Armand Davis on the 53 man roster. He had no business being an NFL cornerback last year. He was a developmental guy that you need to put on your practice squad, but we kept him, didn't try to pass him through waivers. And then he blew that game against Miami. So, I mean, that's, that's maybe that's why they took the steps they did with Kelly. Right. That's what I'm saying is that like, this has been a nice change of pace for pretty much everything the Ravens have done this year. Like they almost hit like the hard reset button, you know, the, paid everybody made the right, you know, took the 53 best guys on the roster. And, you know, like I'm, I'm surprised like Millet, Millet, whatever the fuck his name is, the uh, slot corner from Pittsburgh is the Millet, guy that they yeah. picked, you know, like there, there are a couple, you know, I, I don't know why you picked Ben Cleveland over um, Mustafer. I, I well, don't think that. Ben I, I think, good, no, but... I, th- I think it's because he showed now he he's, he, he went the Patrick McCarry route and now he can slot in in an emergency at three different offensive line positions. And yeah, he played and, right tackle and, uh, and he, he looked I, pretty decent. I, yeah. But again, like, you know, grocery baggers, third preseason game. I, I, I don't know. Say, I, I, all I'm saying is I feel it, like you handcuff Makari by having him your sole backup center, because I feel like if you have to put, if Linderbaum goes down, you then lose a swing tackle. So then Flaley is your only backup tackle. Like, I feel like it just fucks with your offensive line to kind of have, Makari tied to that backup center spot, but well, I think I think basically if you know. the cornerback, so if Marlon wasn't hurt, then we would have kept ten offensive linemen. Yes, I agree. So Mustafer would have had a spot. Also a possibility. So, and what, um, I think they like Marlon a lot, and and you know what he from what there, I remembered periodically seeing him with the Steelers, his skill set as like a slot corner or a nickel is very and, and as a veteran it's a very good fit for what McDonald likes to do in that position. Yeah, He's very bad at anything behind him and he's great at any play in front of him. Well, and so and, and you know what, you know what helps that? Well, yeah. Kyle Hamilton gives yeah. him a lot of help there. So, and then, and yeah. now we're not, we're not, you know, we're not burning Kyle Hamilton on being a slot corner when we can use him as a real weapon on the defense. So it's if a, you let Kyle Hamilton play free, he's going to go like not free safety, but let him play free in the defense. Yeah. He's going to go nuclear this year. Yep. Yeah. 
I yeah, I I really have no other. It's weird. Like I have no other complaints. And then you read Twitter, and it's our fans saying, you know, EDC can't draft this, EDC can't do that. Like we can't develop corners. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I I looked at this because I saw somebody who I actually, um, you know, usually has relatively intelligent opinions say that like EDC and Ozzy are the reverse of each other. Of EDC can draft wide receivers and can't draft corners, and Ozzy could draft corner, draft and develop corners. And, you know, couldn't draft wide receivers. And so I went and looked. EDC's had, I think it was 43 draft picks since 2019 that he's taken over. Um, 17 of those picks have been top 100 picks. He's used zero of them on cornerbacks. And so the problem is, is that he takes guys who are, you know, typically like medical red flags or something like that, that makes them drop farther down in the draft. So Kyle Blue Kelly's a good one. Like he was hurt a bunch. I don't think he played the COVID year. You know, so he was really unexperienced coming out. Like, he really could have used another year in college, probably. I think and, he tore his ACL. Yeah, I think he tore his ACL. I think I think he got hurt. I think he missed the COVID year, and then I think he got hurt the next year after that. So, like, he he's not really experienced enough. But regardless, that's a guy that EDC looks at as, like, a, a high-ceiling guy. So he takes him in the fifth round. And then, you know, in the past, we've, like, relied on those guys to play legitimate depth positions and it doesn't work out yeah. but is that that's not being bad at drafting corner that's not spending premium draft capital on a cornerback right. so i feel like value. even our fans yeah he's taking value again it's it's a fifth round pick you want to take the high ceiling guy you're not trying to take a fifth round pick and be like yeah this is my day one starter that's that's a guy that you're looking at in two years that maybe you're going to get two cheap years of starting out of him if everything goes perfectly according to plan so I feel like even our fans like bitching about stuff just makes no sense and has no watch behind well, it. And point. you look at that too, like you said, like it, we got spoiled, like Will said, we got spoiled with keeping, you know, all of our draft picks. But when you pick a fifth round guy like Caillou Blue Kelly, you look at what he could be and what he could be is, yeah, the injuries were there, but then you look at the games that he highlighted against top tier receivers. Like everybody talked about him versus Drake London when Drake London was at USC and he completely shut him down. Like you see what he can do against top end talent, and who's the fucking guy that we took? Who was the guy that we took a couple years ago from Ohio State, the corner that everybody was fucking drooling over? Sean Wade. It's the same thing as him. Yeah, Sean Wade had you know good college tape when he was next to Marshawn Lattimore. Like a pack of saltine crackers or something. No, we took him in the fifth round. I think we traded him for like a conditional fifth round pick that ended up being like a sixth or something like that. So. Basically just punted on it because he wasn't going to make our roster. And he has not played an NFL snap as far as I'm aware. So, But, but he at one point thing. was the projected first-round pick the year before like he went out. like Because uh, he was next to um, – oh, God, the kid the Lions just straight It was Okuda, right? Yeah, it was Okuda. Okuda yeah, yeah. Was when he, yeah, so he played next to Okuda and was fucking – looked locked down that year. And then Okuda left and he was fucking burnt toast. And everybody's like, oh, okay, this is why he's a fifth-round pick. But, again, high ceiling, showed that he could play at a high level. Took him in the fifth round, wasn't going to make the roster because he wasn't ready or he wasn't good, and we moved on from him. Like that's that's the right way. Reward. Yeah, it, it, how many fifth round picks are like legitimate starters in the NFL right now? Very, it very can't few. Be them. Very few. It can't be very many. few. Your your roster, your starters are mostly made up of you know top three round picks, top hundred guys. Well, there's a breakdown somewhere. I don't remember where I saw it, but. It was something along the lines of like from fifth round on, like fifth round to seventh round, it was like a three to seven percent chance or something of making a yeah. fifty-three roster or something crazy. Like it was really low. Yeah, because you have no, almost no guaranteed money at that point. You're basically making the same money as like a you know some scrappy guy. So there's 
if you suck, they're just going to kick you off. You know what I mean? Like there's no point in keeping somebody around who's not going to, you know, do something for you. So it's really just our fans again, that make no sense to me with the criticism. You can criticize EDC for a lot of things. I think you can criticize EDC for looking at these high ceiling guys again, like Kyle Blue Kelly thinking that he could bring value in 2023 and thinking that that is the first time you should have taken a stab at a cornerback. That's okay. So that's what, what, yeah, the people who are complaining are, are outing themselves as uh, low football IQ people because right. it, they think that every single player we draft is like, oh, sweet. Now we have another cornerback who's going to be a, a star. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even even a first rounder like Zay Flowers, temper your expectations. I think he's going to be a star. I think he could easily break out. But at the same time, they're not going to just like, you know, make him the featured wide receiver. Uh, I fully disagree. Smart. I fully disagree with that Literally, statement. He's gonna get ten targets first game. I don't. I, so, I, see, I'm, I, I would not be surprised if Zay Flowers had the the third or fourth most targets on the team behind Odell, uh, Andrews, and Bateman. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he had the most. I'm just saying, like, if you go into it thinking, all right, we drafted Zay Flowers in the first round, so now he's wide receiver one, then you don't understand the game at all. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think Zay Flowers is going to be wide receiver one because of what he does on the field, not because he was a first round pick. But that's by the end totally of the season, he may. Idea. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you see just because we draft the guy, just like Bateman, Bateman got drafted. the The second we drafted him, if you assumed he was going to be a, a 1,200 yard receiver with 10 touchdowns, then you just don't understand how how the NFL works. Especially and the honestly, Ravens. The Ravens don't throw rookies out there. Like so, Lamar Jackson got drafted. And we didn't. He didn't. We didn't see him start a game till week 11. Yeah, Marquise Brown and uh, and that was due to injury, right? Miles Boykin started their first games though, so I mean there there is circumstances where guys yeah, but, play right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, but Marquise. Okay, let's also be serious. Marquise Brown started that first game at wide receiver one because of the fact that who else was on the team? Nobody. And 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 Boykin, I would argue that he's the reason. Marquise Brown is the reason why we didn't draft a high corner this year. Okay, so no, and um, I I want to counter that so i think the reason we didn't go heavy on corner this year and i think it's a personnel thing and i think it's a roster construction thing of where what you surround your defense with and what your what type of defense you're running and who's coordinating it the fact that we got roquan smith for our second round pick essentially changes the dynamic of what you do for your defense are you feasible enough that you can keep marlon humphrey grab a rock yasin have the safeties that you have and can facilitate a defense without overspending on a a corner because wide receiver is a more pressing need so i understand what edc did this year and i give him his flowers i'm proud of him i think he did a great job i'm on board but i think that if you don't make that move for roquan and you have patrick queen in that spot right now and then you have you know whether it's you know josh ross or delshawn phillips or whoever you have that there i think a move for a corner would have been made early in the draft or via trade a big well, trade remember they but did try, try remember that. they tried to sign darius or trade for darius slay too they yeah. tried to trade but, for Xavier howard at last year's deadline i mean yeah and what was the deal with so raven's defense before roquan was what 23rd or something overall and then after him was what second or third so like also, what I love dynamic. I love I love Roquan. That's also not totally fair to Tyus Bowser because Tyus Bowser came back at the same time and he made a huge impact on that defense too. So you're giving all the credit to Roquan, which is fine. He deserves a lot of the credit, but it was also Tyus Bowser coming back, not having OA drop into coverage because he sucks. Tyus ass Bowser ass. isn't facilitating the defense though. But he is putting Adafi Owe back in his correct position so that he's not playing coverage underneath. Um 
which is what he was doing a lot of before. He's he was playing a lot of that. Stamina. Runs a four three. He better be able to cover. He, he sucks. Have you watched <laughs> him try to cover? Everything. Yeah, but I'm saying like I would trust you more in coverage in a way. Hey, and listen, that's what he was doing. Hey, here. your boy over here had 90 tackles, six sacks, and two picks with a torn meniscus. So I'm telling you, the Ravens made a mistake. All right, Peg. Well, Grant's not telling you that it was he was playing in the wheelchair league, but um, you know, just Let's knocking see. over people on fucking wheelchairs. So Whatever. I'm the I'm the old man. They're all 20 to 28. I'm fucking grandpa over there lighting them up. They probably feel bad for. They probably feel bad for you. They're like, oh, we gotta let this old man relive his glory days. It's like when <laughs> when when Brett Favre uh, let um. Michael Strahan get the sack record. They're like, oh, oh speaking like, of, oh. yeah. Oh, this speaking is my Brett Favre. We were talking. To, I was talking to practice the other day with the with the college dudes, and I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, Brett Favre was the founder of Crocs, right? And they were like, no, uh. And I, I was like, because he was taking pictures in them before they were popular, and they didn't get it. And I'm like, man, y'all are fucking young. Like Croc, Crocs and Copperfits. That's uh, Brett Favre. Brett Favre special. But yeah, but rostered. Yeah, I mean. EDC, Blaming Hollywood uh, Brown for absolute where we masterclass. Are. Do I think we're done at the corner position? Absolutely not. I think yeah, if it's not before the deadline, there will be a deadline deal for some corner, like a big. So it's either going to be a corner. It's going to be a corner or a pass rusher. But the reason why we have to make a deadline deal for a corner or a pass rusher is because of two picks made in 2019. Um, we'll hit on one of them. I'm not going to touch the other one because it's just a you know not not a situation worth discussing, but. Marquise Brown not working out as wide receiver one in 2019 is why you had to use a first round pick on Rashad Bateman is why you had to go spend money on Odell and is why you use a first round pick on Zay Flowers this year. If you hit on that Marquise Brown pick and you took AJ Brown there, I feel like our cornerback room is completely different. I feel like you no longer have to rely on a Rockies and I feel like you're trading up to go get like a Devin Witherspoon this year. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's the move is, is we had a legitimate need at wide receiver and that or, was, or we would have done by, it. Or we would have done it last year when, when Marcus right, Peters yeah. wasn't right yet and go get like, it, we, we didn't have the, we didn't have the draft capital to play with because we had legitimate needs created by whiffing on the Marquis Brown pick. Well, and, and it's the same thing with Edger. Uh, you, you'll well, we get lots of more than that. You, well, you'll get a lot of uh, fans saying, Oh, we didn't whiff. He was good. Blah, 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 blah. He had a thousand yards. So look at ass. him now. He sucked ass. He's fucking we awful. I'm so sick and tired of this nonsense. He's like we, a we top. Force fed on the ball and he's dog he's, shit. He's okay. If you want to rank him in the NFL, in, in uh, he, he's, he's like between number 30 and 40 in the top I'll give him top, top I'll give, I'll you know give, like him he's probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 range it's like that, that the, really also not, the thing to him is is if we had a legit threat like like let's say that we had Odell on the roster and Mark Andrews and we go to draft Marquise Brown and he can be a number two he's fine but he, right. so he's, he's not, not a top he can, well I just think point, yeah you can you could draft your top 32 wide receiver you could draft Jalen you could you could draft Jalen Hyatt to do what Marquise Brown does and what did Jalen Hyde got drafted like in the second round or early second round, right? He's yeah, yeah I mean, Tank, that's, that's Tank third round. Third round. So yeah, their right. Game, so, their game is so identical. Like people try to say, oh, Zay Flowers, the Ravens are expecting him to be like the Marquise Brown they wanted him to be. No. Those are two completely different yes. players. No, the that's, way they, no, no, no. Where that, they that run their routes, the way they play the game. But Jalen Hyde, Marquise Brown are clones. Like they play right. the exact same. What people are saying is that Zay Flowers is who people wanted Marquise Brown to be. So that's that this true. is a slight. This is a slight on Marquise Brown that he did not live up to expectations. That he was not the guy he was supposed to but be. I think Zay and Flowers that Zay Flowers is better than that. 
I think it's yes. better than what we. Uh, he's he's Ant- oh, I said it last week. He's he's Antonio Brown, and I know that that's like a big blocky comparison. And I hope that he doesn't start, you know, flashing his dick in public and beating up uh, fucking moving moving drivers. But, but you know, you're not wrong. And we we said that from the beginning. We said right. I don't like comparing players to like proven, you know, Hall of Fame caliber people. But the way that he plays the position is like identical to the way Antonio Brown does. Well, a lot of people were like, um, you know, Marquise Brown is going to be our Tyreek Hill. No. no, Zay Flowers can be our Tyreek Hill, though. Right. Yes. Hey, I would Zay say Flowers more Antonio plays. Brown because he's well, more. Physical. I'm, I'm just Tyreek saying, if you want to come, if you want, if you want to, well, I mean, I think he is kind of physical, but he, you know, he's. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, if you want to compare him to somebody in the league now, if you want to say, all right, we want to do with what's what Kansas City was doing with him. That that is something Zay Flowers can do, but that's not something that Marquise Brown can do. Period. Can't no, do it. Marquise Brown is afraid to get hit. Yeah. Zay Flowers is afraid to not get five extra yards after he catches the ball. Right. They're, they're well, Marquise Brown would catch and fall as soon as he thought somebody was in three yards of him in a rate. And a lot but, of times he'd, he'd fall before he caught it. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, scared of contact. He's a, it, it's just this is the dumb shit that we go back and forth with with our fans all the time. Is that. Okay, so the the Nick Bosa shit is a good example too. I'm okay, so ask you about that too, like what you thought. Um, first of all, it was somebody with a Reddit user named Josh underscore Rosen, and so I posted Nick Bosa, you're a Baltimore Raven. I got people like, is that the real Josh Rosen? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real Josh Rosen. Just going on fucking Reddit to talk about this. Like, shut the fuck up. So what if it really was though. <laughs> that would be so I, funny. It would be kind of funny because I'm here like fucking roasting people, being like, how fucking stupid are you? You know, believing this. But regardless, so it, it, it what the guy wrote checks out. Um, apparently, it's the same guy who broke a, the McCaffrey trade beforehand. And the way that he lays out the situation is very similar to how the 49ers handled, handled uh, DeForest Buckner a couple years ago. Of uh, that, they kind of gave him like a hard line in the sand number before the season. He basically told them to go fuck themselves. And then they traded Andy and, you know, pulled in all those draft picks. So, like, the, the logic checks out. So, I'm not, I'm not going to say that there's no shot of this happening, but. You know, whatever. Ninety percent of the replies to me were the cap doesn't work. If you can get Nick Bosa in Baltimore, I assure you that Steve Biscotti will, you know, pay any cash under the table or cash out of pocket that he's got to pay to make that work. And you can always make the cap work on an extension. Well, and let's just be clear, it didn't say that the Ravens were the team. It said an AFC team, and that could be uh I think one of what conference did the Ravens play in, Will? It didn't say AFC North, it said AFC. Yeah, no, but what conference they play? I'm just saying, I think it could be one of four teams. It's us, Kansas City, because of the Chris Jones situation, uh, the Bills, or the Dolphins. That's that's it. I had idiot Raven fans replying to me too, saying that the Browns and the Bengals have a better shot of going to get Bosa than we do. And number one, so the Browns, they they, they point out the Browns have, I think the Browns have thirty six million dollars in cap space this year. They have to roll over that thirty six million dollars in cap space this year. So that they can cover Deshaun Watson next year. There's going to be a year or two that Deshaun Watson is not playing in Cleveland anymore, and they're going to have a thirty million dollar cap hit for him because of how badly at, they at least up that contract. I mean, the Atlanta yeah. had had forty million on their their dead cap well, and, last year from Matt I Ryan. Get irritated too with like the people that are like, like, yes, there's a salary cap. We get that. We've had this conversation a hundred times before, but I can't stand the people that are like. Oh, we can't afford that guy. There's a salary cap, dude. There is so many loopholes to afford somebody if you want to afford. So, them. If you get a the Nick salary, Bosa, you make the it salary happen. Cap. You run in shit. 
you'd restructure in two years. Look what the Rams did to win that Super Bowl. Look what they did. The they signed everybody. Matters. But, I, but so, and that's matters. why we always say the salary cap is a myth. Like people take it literal. Obviously, there's a salary cap. It says NFL salary cap. It's part of the rules. So I guess it's not fake, but it's a myth in the sense of you can maneuver it if you want to. And I don't. I get so fucking annoyed when people you can't need... separate the two things. So the salary cap is is real. The salary cap exists. If you want to circumvent the salary cap and you have an owner who is willing to pay, you know, essentially extra cash on top of what the cap cap number is so that if they budget, you know, the salary cap for the team's payroll that year, like the salary cap max number, then you're going to pay some guy more cash, you know, cash over cap, I think is the term they use, whatever the fuck it is, doesn't really yeah, matter. Cash over cap. But if you have an owner who's willing to do that and you have a player who is willing to say, I don't give a fuck how you structure this on paper, just give me my goddamn money, then you're in business. And so, again, this moron said the Browns to me, which is just laughable, just shows that he has no fucking idea what's going on in Cleveland. They're going to end up losing Miles Garrett because they're not going to be able to afford him because, like, they won't pay him what he's worth, and they're going to be so fucking bogged down in Deshaun Watson money and Amari Cooper and all these other stupid fucking signings that they keep making. And then the other team that he floated out there was the fucking Bengals, like, the reason why the Bengals, you know, the Bengals have the cap base to afford Nick Bosa, they won't even pay Joe Burrow or T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. Like, why? Their their owner's broke. Like, he's not going to pay fucking Nick Bosa. It's just not going to happen. So, like, but this is the this is the caliber of idiots that exists on Ravens Twitter. Is that we get people who like I sort of got they read like I don't even know who who starts some of these you know narratives or takes or whatever or agendas whatever fucking word you want to use to describe them. fuck you gamer god ruining another career for the record I just need to say <laughs> that publicly on the podcast um, you know whoever starts this shit it's like it's like playing telephone like when you were in kindergarten and somebody makes a somewhat valid point of you know like hey if you want to bring in Nick Bosa like the money's going to be tight and you got to get him to help you out you know in, in the contract structure. Or Steve Sky has got to be willing to go above and beyond and, you know, basically put it on his credit card to win a championship. Okay, that's a fair take. I'm, I'm okay with that. And then by, like, the eighth person who regurgitates that take, it gets so fucking blown out of whack that it's like, Ravens can't afford this. You're fucking stupid for suggesting it. Like, kill yourself. Those are basically the re- responses I get from these, you know, fucking anonymous accounts with 75 followers. It's always the same three people that follow them. They tweet dumb shit into the void all day. And then, you know, every once in a while they catch me uh, off guard. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to fucking tell you you're stupid. And then like, oh, you just talk down to smaller accounts. No, I just talk down to stupid people. That's really what it boils down to. So here's my thing, too, is if EDC pulls off Nick Bosa, I'll bake him cookie. And I'll build him a statue myself. We could probably arrange that, for being honest, to get you to bake cookies for him. I will wear I will wear an apron that says I heart EDC and I will bake him cookies if he pulls off Nick Bosa. If David if if we get hold on, if we get Nick Bosa and David Ajabo gets like a sack game one, then I need you to wear a David Ajabo jersey and an apron and just make cookies for Ajabo and EDC. I'll do that. Best thing about yeah. that too is because the electric daisy carnival exists, you can find I heart EDC shirts very easily. They just I won't be I don't, was, there, was, that, was that English or was that another language? That was radio speak. Okay. Did anybody Old else time understand radio. that? Or am I, am Jake's I, on, Jake's on his, Jake is the, uh, you know, the Blackhawk pilot again today. In the, in the electronic dance circle. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you're able to find the our EDC shit fairly easily. Fair. All right. So we'll buy Grant some of that. 
shit. Because uh, we got to go on Etsy. If I mean, I feel like at the deadline, like there's going to be a move made. Um, assuming we have needs, you know, assuming that like Rocky Sin is an all of a sudden this all pro guy, and you know David Ajabo and Oa aren't you know like dueling for a defensive player of the year by week six. I feel like we're probably going to have to go get somebody at the deadline. That just that's that's logic. That's you know just there. You're always going to have needs, and so I wonder if it's going to be a corner or a pass rusher. I think it's more realistic to expect a pass rusher too, because I think that there are a bunch of guys out there that are on expiring contracts that you can probably rent for pretty cheap this year. I don't know if a corner like that exists. Yeah, well, and the you know the 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 idiotic panic about the cornerbacks will go away as soon as Marlon's back, which, you know, by all accounts, See, is not going to be a, a lengthy absence. So, and I think a, actually, pass rusher, a pass rusher helps. Like we've said for the past month, a pass rusher helps. So, I mean, we have capable cornerbacks. We don't have a second guy who's, you know, uh, a top of the league cornerback. Most, most teams don't have two of them, but if you have a, a, uh, pass rush that's you know up the quarterback's asshole every time they snap the fucking ball and we have Marlon Humphrey on one side and we have a bunch of capable corners you know maybe they're not top of the league but they're capable then those guys are going to thrive with a good pass rush yeah and I'm my my cornerback concern is that you know we have Ronald Darby coming off an ACL you know we have Marlon banged up right now we had Rocky Sin had a knee in training camp Jalen Armour Davis was banged up Brandon Stevens is a running back and is great at coverage and has absolutely zero ball skills. So I feel like, you know, like we are like, we're just lacking warm bodies in the cornerback room. I'm not looking to go get a Jair Alexander tomorrow. I'm looking for somebody with some NFL experience to be on our practice squad. And with pass rusher, I'm looking for like a, a legitimate difference maker, a Chase Young, a Nick Bosa caliber guy. I take Joey Bosa too. I take any of the Bosa's. Yeah, I don't um, think, I don't think he's uh he's available, but they just paid uh, Justin Herbert, and they're not going to win anything, so they might as well just get rid of Joey Bosa to save some money. You know, maybe get uh, Nick Justin Herbert something that he doesn't blow. You know, four touchdown leads in the playoffs that would be helpful. I don't know. This has been like a, this is still just such a weird off season that I have like nothing to complain about. I'm I'm kind of lost, no. and like we don't have any like because what always bothered me before is that we we had a very negative fan base, but there were actually things to be negative about, and there was always something to say like. You know, we have this one fatal flaw, you know, whether it was Greg Roman or no wide receivers or, you know, Steve Saunders, a fucking COVID spreading terrorist, like whatever, the, whatever the problem was, like there was something that existed and that's just not there this year. And it's weird. I don't really know how to act in this situation without like a legitimate thing to grab. I mean, I've yeah, been I very critical too. And I, I wouldn't say that I've been a negative Ravens fan. I would say that I have no problem speaking what I don't feel okay about. I'm not just going to suck nuts just to suck, you know what I mean? And like, at the same time, like, you know, I'm going to call bullshit bullshit and I'm happy. Like I'm happy as shit. Like I look at the 53 man roster and what they do. And like I said, you know, I was a Caillou Blue Kelly guy and I was beating the drum for him. I was beating the drum for him third, fourth round. But like at the same time, I'm okay with what we did and what the roster looks like right now. And the pieces that we have sitting back waiting to come in because Eric DaCosta did what I've been wanting him to do for, you know, the past year and a half, two years is he went and did what he needed to do to bring a team. Like, there's enough wasted years of Lamar. Like the injuries. We, we have a championship. We have a non-surprising championship caliber roster here. I would say 2019, how good we were was kind of a surprise. 
Like, I don't think we went into yeah, 2019. No. We were, we're only that good in 2019 because Lamar was incredible and the league didn't know how to defend him at the time, which now there's film, things like that, which he's still a, a, a fucking unbelievable superstar. He's an MVP guy. But, like, in 2019, he was a year in the league. He had seven, what, seven, eight games under his belt. People yeah. didn't know what was coming. And, you know, there was it, – it was it's hard to game plan for somebody that does something really well – it's really hard to game plan against someone that does a couple of things really well. And 2019, it wasn't the roster. It was solely Lamar Jackson. And yep. I firmly under, like believe that. Right. And this year, this year it is the, you know, it's the roster. Like we're good top to bottom. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, Rocky Sin is a, is a professional corner. Like he's, he's good. I, I don't know if he's an all pro or a pro bowl caliber guy, but like he's a good corner. He's been a good corner for four or five years. Ronald Darby has been a good corner, you know, when he's healthy for, I don't know, probably six or seven years at this point. Like Marlon is an all pro caliber corner. There's really no position other than edge rusher that we don't have some kind of established, like legitimate player there. Um, I mean, again, like look at safety, you have Marcus Williams, who's like an established ball hawk, who's going to, you know, create havoc and cause turnovers. And you have Kyle Hamilton, who looked very good last year. I don't know if you want to call him established yet. Michael Pierce is like an established, you know, disruptor up the middle. You have Jadavian Clowney on if the defensive healthy. line. Yeah, but again, like when Michael Pierce has been healthy, he has been a, a cheaper Brandon Williams. I know you hated Brandon oh, Williams, he's a, but he's a two gap plugger. Like, and that's a Brandon Williams. He's a Brand, That's why he's called an overpaid paperweight. He didn't yeah. do anything special, but he plugged two gaps every snap he took, which and you, you can run a three man mm-hmm. front and be successful with that. Because oh, by the way, really stack and be okay with that because you have a guy that takes two gaps away. Speaking of uh, undrafted free agents, though, uh, Pierce is another undrafted free agent. He's not an EDC undrafted free agent, but he is an undrafted free agent. Twenty. We got, I mean, we got a lot of them he? on this team, and they contribute. He? He's Hottie? five foot seven, four hundred and thirty pounds, and just Hottie, fucking like Hottie Prince. Hottie was my guy, squat. man. He's Did awesome. you see him? Did you see him on that clip on Hard Knocks where he was talking yeah. shit to Aaron Rodgers? Oh yeah, not great. He said, "I don't know who you are." And how do you? Oh, great. I don't know who you are. And Aaron Rodgers said, "Bullshit." <laughs> Thanks for that... bringing up the Jets. Thanks for bringing up the Jets because I have some uh, house cleaning items for you here. Oh god. Um, we saw Gardner alone. Jalen Hyatt beat him on a go ball, but it... um, I mean, every yeah, everybody like beat him. That. Everybody was beating him like a fucking drum in camp. It was bad. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. Okay. So so. What about guys who play well in camp? Are you saying that James Prochet is good? Is James Prochet better than Sauce Gardner? Maybe. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> You've kind of backed me into a corner. You've kind of backed me into a corner here. That fucking I hill. I understand. Yeah, I respect the commitment. That's like that's marriage quality. But I actually have, I actually have a different player that Grant is in love with that I would like to bring up some camp and game scenarios where. You know, just blatant offensive pass interferences every time he catches the fucking ball. Every goddamn every time. time. It's uh, okay. Every Grant, every highlight of him, his arm is extended, pushing the fucking corner away from him. Every single one. Every single one. No, because it's preseason in camp. In it's preseason in camp. Are they going to call in the regular season? Did he push off on that on that ball against the Falcons? Did he push off? I don't even know what you're Probably. talking about. I don't know which one you're talking about because literally went every viral where everybody was like, "Oh, this is preseason. George Pickens is going insane," and he made that behind the uh, the, the back shoulder catch down. Oh the yeah, team. you I... fucking no, that yes. was a push off. That was it was. They call it was wasn't blatant. Of course not. You know they're not going to do that. It's the NFL. The yeah, NFL doesn't want to see offensive about. PI become a thing. 
Right now, it's funny, though. They're I treating him like friends. Michael Irvin I can, back in the no, 90s. The thing is, is you, you have get away to with understand murder. how the, the position is called down the field. You can hand fight. You can't push That's not off hand fighting. That's not hand fighting what he does. It's not hand fighting what he does. Grant, if you read, if you read, if you read what offensive pass interference is, is it says if you have a fully extended arm to, you know, create space with the corner, that's an offensive pass interference. Every single catch George Pickens makes at some point in the route, his arm is fully extended, pushing the corner off. All right. I guarantee, I can, I can guarantee you this. snap in the NFL, there could be a holding call. I will make a guarantee right now. Push off Pickens. I will no. I will make a guarantee that George Pickens it may not be this year. At some point in his career, he's going to get called for offensive pass interference on one of his, uh, you know, circus catches that uh, he he created for himself by breaking the rules. He's going to get called for it, and he's going to like assault the ref. Like maybe not like beat his ass, but he's going to like cross the line, get thrown out, get suspended, get fined, and it's going to be the beginning of the end of his career. I I I will make that guarantee on this podcast. That is going to be what what ruins his career he's going to lose his temper when he gets called for offensive pass interference because he does it all, an, all the fucking time since we're doing hot takes here, call, i have a really I have, but you know I have, what? They I have a really it, hot take and he's a boss Son's going to come up tomorrow we can hate it as much as you can hate it as much as you want but he is good at football he's good at committing offensive pass interferences and not getting called for it sure in in training camp and preseason games Sure, uh, I'll agree with that. As long as you admit that they're all push-offs. You better hope Ajabo has a fucking career this you year. You know how many times I've gotten that fucking message from and tweet from God knows who, some faceless fuckwad account of, you better hope David Ajabo's going to suck my dick. First it of wasn't all. me, I swear. Grant, Grant yeah. is like, Ted Bundy was really good at killing people. Yeah. <laughs> sure was. Yeah. <laughs> he had great knife posture. <laughs> I mean, like... Just I, I David Ajabo, and that's the, our, we talked about this last week with our fans freaking out about Ajabo, like in preseason games. He's gonna be fine. He's a beast. Yeah. Oh, he's a beast now. So we should have taken him over Pickens. You've backed off. I never off said he wasn't good. I just said that I would prefer Pickens over him, and I still do. Grant, I'm pretty sure on this podcast you said some of the effect of fuck David Ajabo. We, you know, I wanted George Pickens. Like he's George Pickens is so much better than David Ajabo. I said he's better for what we needed. I, I still would take him over a job in the second round. A thousand percent. Would you take George Pickens over Zay Flowers? Because if we drafted George Pickens, no. we definitely wouldn't have taken Zay Flowers. No, I wouldn't. So, I mean. Because Zay Flowers doesn't have to push off the wide receivers to create space. He just shakes them. You know, he's, he's that talented. He's good yeah. at running routes. He doesn't just run straight and push the guy out of his way. He, you know, plays football the correct way. Just just different. Well, they different also played, if you want to get technical, they also played two different positions where one of them has to be more physical and the other one has to be untouchable. Zay, Zay can play both. Zay's just good. Zay's good <laughs> at football. Zay is the truth. Zay is the truth. I bet. I, I Actually, I would be willing to bet if they squared up, Zay would beat George Pickens' ass. Now you're drunk. No, I think I'm, he I love I'm Zay willing, Flowers, but George Pickens. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that most NFL players can kick the fuck out of George Pickens because they're not mentally handicapped, and that's who George Pickens fights. So, oh, here you go with the radio story again. I, 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 it's written it down on the, the guy. The guy even like spoke with reporters and was like, "I'm not special." <laughs> like, he had a gun to his head. In the face, but I'm not special. Grant, if much people on the internet were calling you special and you were like, you know. <laughs> embarrassed about it like are you gonna say oh yeah i'd be like hell yeah i am i'd be like yes i am yes you got me i am (laughs) how have we made it through this this conversation without drew 
saying it's if so I know, hard. I'm waiting for it. So I was trying to so set him up. That's why I was saying it's special. So hard. I was trying to set him up. Imagine now, so. imagine that conversation. Like reporters are waiting outside of a high school for this kid. And they're like, "Hey, hey, buddy, um, are you mentally handicapped?" And he's like, "No, no." Did you read his defense? He goes, "I'm not mentally handicapped. I have a 3.1 GPA. Like that's like a, a B average. Like you're not smart at, at a at a high school in Georgia. Uh, so I graduated. I graduated with a 2.4. So how you can go fuck well, yourself? Uh, at a at a Did high school try? in Georgia. In no, Georgia. Let's check the fucking rankings I, of I school systems in I America. Went to, I went to school to play sports. Like I had to. I maintained. Like I didn't even. I never did homework. Probably I was an idiot. Like if I, I would, go back, I'm like you're a fucking idiot, Grant. Like, I I am willing to bet right now that the Georgia public high school system, public education system, is like a bottom third of the country system. I'm willing well, to. I, I'd um, go bottom five. Yeah, it's gonna be like they're gonna be with Alabama, Mississippi. They're yeah. they're it's gonna be bad. If so yeah, the, if you were a top. Uh, he was the top. He might have been the number one player in the country coming out of high school. If you're the number one player in the country coming out of high school, do you give a fuck about your GPA? Let's be honest. But like, we're talking about the kid. We're that talking about the special kid. Mentally the special kid that he kicked the shit out of. I'm we're saying not his, his three point one GPA in in Georgia public education system is not proving or disproving. This kid, so theoretically, he would have this he would be a two point four like me if he was in Virginia. So you call me special? No, Virginia has a good school system. Uh, it's a well, I don't know about a, that. It's a well-funded school system. I mean, we've seen that uh, Virginia fuck that's gone viral. That junior go. bearded piece I of mean, shit. I mean, this might be like just don't go to certain. Schools. And that dude's defense, he has a very nice singing voice. He certain does. schools um, in Virginia. Oh god, stop! He has stop. a nice singing voice. Stop! He just no, not stop. Jake, he does. Jake, Jake, I could go stand in my backyard and yell into my mic about how I'm upset about things, and I would be just as far. If somebody wants to write me a politically charged country song i could go be the next version of that guy you Drew, you, you know what you should you do would, we should make video off key we have to make you video off key of... and sound tone deaf if you did that drew we so should... does that guy that we, guy is off we, we got to make videos of drew okay. singing his tweets. drew's got to sing his tweets oh yeah, shit dude. there you go hey i'll play i'll play acoustic in the background just for you too just to do all that I got you. Yeah, just send, send me a guitar and I'll just do some like fake hand movements and then you can put the real music behind it. There you go. Actually, we know somebody who's good at shooting homemade uh, singing videos, so maybe we'll ask for some of his input too. I'll see if Walmart still sells those first act guitars, and then I'll send you one so you can go Jeff Jarrett over someone's head with it. All right, that works. But regardless, George Pickens Pickens beats up mentally handicapped kids. Grant supports him. It's disgusting. Sauce Gardner's fucking burnt toast. Not good. Wrong. Wrong. Right. Right. Wrong. Right. Yeah, that's wrong. I do respect the commitment, though. Got, got to respect the commitment. Yeah, I'm committed to speaking facts. I don't know. You know, somebody has to do it here. Everybody no, else is all. Committed, you were committed that, to a that, terrible agenda, and you were dying on an anthill. And yep. you just for this one, yeah. Like, you, you, like, I, I get it, man. I get it. Pride is a hell of a drug, but pride is a hell of it's a like, drug. It's not even pride. Sauce <laughs> Gardner is, is that, fucking good the, at the thing is, is that The thing is, is that it's not pride. It's it's literally just, I cannot admit you're right. I physically do not have it in <laughs> yep. to admit that you're right. It's it's not pride. It has nothing to do with if, if I'm right or wrong. If it's just I cannot admit you were right. <laughs> but Will was too. I mean, Will was on that train. So yeah, but Will Will took your side of the argument. It was it was originally me versus you, and then in the rare occasion that Will went to the other side of things. Because like Will has your... football eyes. He watched he watched the tape. He watched the games. He saw the numbers. 
he realized, man, this guy. Just for the record, I would like to say that Chibs, who is a noted cornerback analysis expert, um, he's done great work on well-known websites with Pixar, uh, or not Pixar, um, Microsoft Paint logos about, um, you know, draft stuff, like said Sauce Gardner was going to be bad too. So it wasn't just me. But, that, but then he was a first-team All-Pro and won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you can't do anything. I mean, we can go back and look and see, you know. Has, it, has a rookie ever won Go back and look at what? He, that happened. Corner? Yeah. Okay. Mistakes happen. Shit happens. It's life. In New York media bias. I don't know. What the fuck you want me to say here? <laughs> running out, running I, just of, uh, to, I just want you to keep throwing shit against the Stop lying. That's what we want you to do. How am I fucking? I think the guy sucks. It's, it's my opinion. It's not a. You definitely don't a, think he sucks. That's <laughs> not true. You're right. I don't think he sucks. I know he sucks. You're right. Thank you for correcting me. Drew goes to sleep at night and has a picture of Sauce Gardner next to his bed. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say those mean things about you tonight. But I, have I to would tell tweet that. I would tweet them to him, but he'd probably DM me like Jacqueline and fucking go ballistic in my DMs. He's a little softy, too. It's all been out of shame. He would probably bring you a chain that said Ban Drew. Yeah, he sends me a chain that says Ban Drew. And maybe I'll, you know, it's been on me carrots. It is. Maybe I'll forgive him for not being good at football, but, um, you know. Gave him a touchdown last year. I was guaranteed on this podcast multiple times that wouldn't happen. So uh, I don't know. Just saying, just not. No, good. no one guaranteed he wouldn't give up a touchdown. In the NFL. I Nobody promise. I, I promise you, we can go dig up sound of Grant saying that he'll never give up a touchdown. No, I said There's he. No never way he ever said that. There's no way he ever said that. Grant committed to that harder than he committed to Jerry Jones being a good GM. You're drunk. He, uh, Grant no, you were probably it. drunk. You were probably drunk when you said it, which is fine, understandable. Like we've all we've all made regrettable decisions when we drank. I never, said, I never said that he would not. You said I could tell you exactly how this conversation went down. You told me that you were going to make a quilt for all the touchdowns that he gave up, but that you wouldn't have anything to cover yourself because that there does would be sound no like something you would say, Grant. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. That's, it, that's fair. I'll go back and he's smiling. It. He knows it. He's like, damn it. That's that. knows, I say no, that all the time. I said that he has never given up a touchdown. You, you know said that you that's, would give up none you know this that's, year. Whatever, that, that's some weird-ass saying that you have that you like say yeah. to your, your football kids that you coach. You know that. I'm going to make a quilt with pictures or some dumb shit like that. I'm just telling you that you promised me he wasn't giving up a touchdown last year. After the, after the 44 nothing win in week one, you probably said, I'm going to make a quilt for the other team for all the points they scored today. And they're going to be crazy cold tonight. You didn't give up. <laughs> I, would take your, cold tonight. I would take your I would take your peewee corners over Ahmad Garner. You know, in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I, Drew I would take Caillou Blue that. Kelly over, uh, over Sauce Gardner. I would. That he would. Although he's a, he's he a video game the, the more I looked into him, it was the making of video games. It's, it's a red flag. I don't know if we should have drafted him. Well, because he's no, a milk dud. Milk dud. Nerds. But he, oh, no, that's what reminded me, too, because Will was firing off on somebody saying that, like, we couldn't develop corners. Like, that's stupid. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was a roster thing. But I think the Seahawks got him because they know what his potential is, and they are good at developing corners. They're and, I mean, they, well, I mean, and they have a spot they got for the him. Best they, rookie corner. Yeah, they, they got the spot. best rookie corner last year. I agree. Yeah, they got the best rookie rookie corner last year. So. Okay, oh, here we here go. You fucking go. And <laughs> but the, the the to claim I'm gonna make uh, you a quilt, Drew. <laughs> the people who okay. claim people who claim oh the Ravens can't develop if their evidence of the Ravens can't develop a cornerback is that we cut Kyle Blue Kelly after one summer. So basically, he went to a rookie. He went to rookie OTAs. He went to OTAs, and he did training camp. And he got cut because of roster restrictions that we had because of an injury. 
Well, they wanted yeah. him back too. But no, but nobody develops a fucking fifth round player uh, unless it was like a guy who slipped that who who slipped through the cracks or something and should have been drafted way higher. But if it's a true fifth round talent, you don't develop that guy into an NFL caliber contributor in one summer. It just doesn't happen before he's even been on the sideline for a fucking real game. It's just not well, how yeah. it happens. Well, and like so, and the the shit with that too that's funny is like people talk about. Receivers, you know, people used to talk about how the Ravens couldn't develop receivers. It wasn't that they couldn't develop receivers; it was that they weren't good at evaluating receivers in the type of offense. And Greg Roman held a lot of talent back. But the same people that would bitch about saying that the Ravens couldn't develop receivers would praise Williams. It's like, well, who do you think's developing the fucking receivers? Right. So, well, like, also, also the receivers had the same problem as somebody like Caillou Blue Kelly or Jalen Armour Davis had is that. When you draft a Miles Boykin in the third round, he shouldn't come out and be your wide receiver two. He's a guy that should be your wide receiver five, you know, to start the year and maybe work his way up to wide receiver two by the end of the year. But week one, he was right there as your wide receiver two. So you are putting guys who you have evaluated as high ceiling players with whether it's physical traits or something that shows up to you on film. I don't know what they look at that they see that they're like, this is a guy that I want to take and develop. But then rather than developing him, they just fucking throw him right in the fire and then he doesn't do well. Like, no shit. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing that would have happened with Caillou Blue Kelly this year is that if you threw him out there to be, you know, play legitimate snaps at corner, like he wasn't going to succeed. He wasn't ready. No, he, I mean, he, so McDonald's defense is not an easy defense, especially for corners. And you have to be a certain, you have to have a certain type of skill set for him. Like I said, they saw something in, in Kyle Blue Kelly. The, the tangibles are there. The skill set's there, all that stuff. But, I mean, he did get out of place a lot, but it's a field spacing thing with what they're trying to do defensively with their corners. He got out of out of like alignment a lot and out of, uh, out of position. So that's not a knock on him necessarily saying, oh, he sucks. It's just the adjustment to the game that they're asking him to play. And right now we can't afford to have somebody right. on the roster that with Marlon Humphrey in question that we have to work on. He made the play of the game defensively against the Commanders. I was the, just going uh, to say that. When he blew up that fucking, uh, was it? Third point conversion. Well, and that's one of those. Okay. That's, uh, so that's, that's kind of like, you know, we were just, we were just uh, criticizing George Pickens, but it's like, George Pickens, I think, sometimes puts himself in bad positions because he's too busy trying to uh, like be physical with the cornerback. Like he so, so he he gets off his route, and the, but then his athleticism, he's able to overcorrect for it and make these spectacular plays. So I think Kyle yeah. Kelly got a little lost, but his athleticism got him back into play, made a fucking huge play, and I bet that play made the choice to cut him a little bit harder for the coaching staff because they're saying, okay, this guy doesn't have a full grasp of the defense, but he has the athleticism to overcome it. But that's the why they time, drafted him. Yeah, right. So, like, I'm sure that's why I think, and we all agree, that their hope was that they could get him on the practice squad because I think the guy is going to turn into a, a serviceable NFL player. He needs time. He needs a full season and off season, uh, you know, to acclimate and really find, like, where he fits in. And, and it's that we don't have the luxury of that with, with this team. This is a team that... The goal is to win the Super Bowl. It's a roster built to win the Super Bowl. And right now, the only real concern we have is that we have to, uh, you know, overcome not having our best cornerback and potentially our best defensive player. 
I would say Caillou Blue Kelly and uh, Sala are kind of the same guy of that. Yeah, we Sala drafted got, Sala uh, looked lost too, but we need yeah, Sala looked lost, but again, he's what is he six five? You know, three thirty or three forty, and moves mm-hmm. the way that he does. And it's same thing with Flaley last year is that they saw that as a guy of like that's physical talent that you can't teach somebody. And we have starter caliber guys in front of him, so we can take him, put him on the roster, let him learn. And then maybe in two years, he can take a starting job. And I'm sure yeah. that was the idea for Kyle Blue Kelly is that you brought him in this year. You, you know, whatever it is, your cornerback six to start the year or whatever it is, and just see what happens. And, you know, let him, let him learn from actual good corners. Well, yeah, and but the difference between the two is that if somebody goes down, Salah doesn't have to be thrown in the fire. He still can be a developmental guy on the roster right. and for like certain situations because there are swing guys. Yeah, but then yeah, you're not going to see else Salah goes down until... outside of Marlon. Kyle Blue Kelly would have to come in and be a dude. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and another, an, yeah, another big difference is the Ravens have, and they should, and everyone should have a lot of faith in their ability to develop offensive linemen because they just, I mean, they churn them out. So like. Almost every guy that we we draft and keep for more than a year or two turns into a guy who either stays here, we extend them, or goes somewhere else, gets paid. They're contributing. They're starting uh, NFL offensive linemen. So like, if even like Philly this year looks a hell of a lot better than he did last year. So the development mm-hmm. from year one to two is huge. That I'm sure that's the plan also for Salah. And, and I assume next year Philly is our starting right tackle. Like that's the goal. Yeah, you're going to let Morgan Run, Moses walk running. from that put Philly in there. Running backs, tight ends, interior offensive linemen, defensive tackles, noses, ones and three techniques, and um, safeties. Ravens are unbelievable at. Right. What about, I mean, uh, late late round off, uh, outside linebackers usually do pretty well, too. Darius Smith, Pernell McPhee, Matthew Judon. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have come in here as later round picks. Undrafted guys like Hottie. Yeah, I mean – there are just seem to always be guys that work out at those positions for us. So I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, again, maybe Kyle Bukele was a, a miss, but so fucking what we've hit everywhere else. We fuck cares. People, I, I really people, don't think they expected somebody to scoop him. To be no, honest. I don't think so either. And, well, and like, and I think if they did, people keep mentioning with, Oh, it's just like Sean Wade. We traded Sean Wade in the preseason. Yeah. So like we got, I think we we drafted him in the third round. We got a fourth round pick back, or it was a fourth yeah. to the fifth, or whatever. So like we basically we traded a guy. We got back. Basically, this, the pick we used on. I think it might have right. been a fourth. He was a fifth, I think. He was like. No, a, I mean, I maybe, think we got a fourth for him. Yeah, but it was you know like two years down the road or whatever. It, it we had all those like four, what was we had like six fourth round picks last year. It was two. I think we took him in twenty twenty. We took him in 2021, Sean Wade. No, we traded. I'm saying we traded him for a fourth that we had last year. Oh, yeah. I just just hate when people, when when people use the, they try and like, they think they have this like gotcha thing. And it's like, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Like I was arguing with, with our friend Mo before we came on, he was saying, uh, you know, how EDC sucks at drafting on day three. And I was like, there's really not a whole big difference between day three picks and undrafted free agents. If you end up doing well with the undrafted free agents you pick. And, 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 you know, I pointed out two undrafted free agents made the roster this year. And he's like, oh, that's two out of uh, 39 since EDC took over. I'm like, that's what are you talking about? We have five guys in the roster right now before those two. We got Patrick McCary. We have uh, Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown. Ardarius Washington and who's the fifth one? 
Maybe it was just those four. Um, no, so, so it's 2019, 20, 21, 22. And then, so it's six total. But I'm like, if you can get six undrafted free agents from the last five years on your 2023 roster, you're doing something right in scouting that, like, you know, the 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 scraps that are left over once all the, the real, the, like, obvious talent. And what is, like you said, there, there, what is the difference between a fifth-round pick and a UDFA other than you've committed to paying a fifth round pick for four years. Right. And a UDFA is a kind of a more year to year guy. Well, yeah, he, no, he is exactly. Yeah, and, he's a uh, gamer. He's gamer. God's new agenda. So, uh, you know, I yeah. like our Darius Washington, but I think he's kind of fucked now. Well, and the funny thing is the Mo was like, well, uh, you know, the day three picks are better because you get them for four years. I was like, if that makes no sense, then you get mm-hmm. locked in, like with James Prochet, you have James Prochet on your roster for fucking four, four years, or you also get you end up eating money years. on it. Well, you can, yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's you get the exclusive rights for so I think the first year is basically like you just can renew them for nothing, right? And then I think it's exclusive rights in year three. And then I think it's a restricted free agency yeah. year so, four. Right. Or so the original di- tender, whatever the fuck you call that. Right. So the difference is that you're locked into the money on a draft pick where mm-hmm. and, and it's not a huge dead cap hit, but it's still a dead cap hit to cut James Prochet this year. We do eat money on that. So that eats yeah. into our that eats into our available cap. Whereas with an undrafted free agent, you take them, you're you know, you you can probably end up sliding them through to your practice squad if they're not you know, contributing well enough to be on the 53. But if you can get two of those guys on the 53, Keaton Mitchell, by all counts, is going to be a contributor on the team in, in more than one way, I'm sure. And uh, Ham, you know, having more pass rushers is, is always a good thing. I think he'll probably end up cutting on the practice squad once Bowser's back. But for now, it's just like, all right, we have we have more guys available, so that's good. But, you know, it's just like, what? I, I don't understand the logic of saying it – it, you know, it's more valuable to the team to hit on a round five pick as opposed to being able to uh-huh. identify talent in the, the undrafted pool. I think the undrafted pool is like where really good GMs make their money because and, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't like him to hit on day three picks. That'd be great. I'm just saying if you cut one day three pick and you added two undrafted free agents, you're net positive on that when you're talking about your yeah. draft. So here's my situation. Sorry. What do you do if, let's say, Malik Ham he gets situational snaps? Let's say that he has a great first quarter of the season. Bowser comes back. Uh, let's say Owe struggles. What do you do? You tell Malik Harrison to fuck off and go somewhere else. That's what you do. Why? I mean, he's been a guy. Why not? He's performed better than Owe. Yeah, but Owe is a first-round pick that you're kind of tied to with. You're not, though. <laughs> Well, yeah. You what are. are you going to cut? You going to cut away? What well, a trade him? Well, well there's no trade. You don't trade, trade him when their value is yeah. at its lowest. I mean, you're, he's, it's not going to be at its highest, but you can't trade a guy that's going to potentially make more of an impact. You took uh, you took Adafi away to be a developmental pass rusher, and so you see that through. That that was the idea of drafting him is that maybe he's not going to be good year one or year two, but maybe by year three and year four he really starts. But I'm saying if he happen. struggles this year. Like if he starts to struggle the first quarter of the season and Malik Ham has a good quarter of the season and Bowser comes back and you can't – I mean, if Harrison's playing the way he did in preseason – Or you tell Delshawn Phillips to fuck off. I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't think that you – maybe you, you know, push Oa back to more of a situational role and see if he can earn more snaps and you let um, – 
Malik Cam take the starting job. I, I don't think that if Malik Cam starts off hot, you don't put him on waivers and try to sneak him under your practice squad. That's dumb. That's not going to no, work. Not he's not going to make it. But I don't, I don't think you – I also don't think you hold on to a guy just because of where you drafted him a couple of years. Or you go tell, you know, Kavon Seymour, one of these, you know, bums that's not going to matter at the end of the cornerback depth chart to, you know, fuck off and go somewhere else. I, I think Malik, Malik Cam is here to stay unless he goes on – you know, unless he gets hurt or something like that, I don't think that you're going to get rid of him for any he looked particular good. reason. I mean, he was setting the edge. And then you got Clowney, too. Yeah. And I think Clowney's just like we said before, and you know, in our chats and stuff. But Clown, I don't think people and I, I don't think like average Ravens fans understand the impact that he's going to have in the run game. Like I said know, this last week that that I don't know if you're going to see Clowney's impact in, you know, stat sheet um, tracked items. But that he's gonna just cause havoc everywhere. Yeah, and that he's and gonna he'll make play a, a three. They'll they'll kick him inside to a three tech and just tell him to fucking go. Right. Like, so you can play him. You can play him outside for you know first and second down. You can kick him inside for third down and have OA or Jabo come off the bench and rest, just you know be pure pass rushers at that point. Well, I think another reason, by the way, that Clowney was a target for them is I think that uh, they they would like OA to develop into a clowny type player because they were, they were kicking him inside a lot during the uh, preseason in camp sessions and everything else. So I think clowny can be sort of a mentor for Oway to, to, to do something different than he has been. And, you know, yeah. they brought in Dr. Rush. So I think, you know, I think they're going to help Oway, um and then let Ojabo be that, you know, complete savage uh, pass rusher that he's built to be. Ojabo made, made Aiden Hutchinson. So we'll yep. wait for him to make Adafi Oway. I gotta see Ojabo actually do something before I say that because Aiden Hutchins is a dude. I've seen him. Do Aiden Hutchins. Aiden Hutchins. It's a strip had... sack. A strip sack against uh, Joe Burrow. Not something in a in a regular season game. That's not something. I mean, it it happened, so it was something. Well, there you go. I saw it. Did you? Did it happen? My eyes were foggy. I couldn't. <laughs> you must be drunk. There you go. Any anywho, that's gonna do it for this week's installment. We'll be back next week to discuss this, that, and the other, and especially the fact that the regular season is here, and we'll be discussing the game next week. But meanwhile... And we might have a guest. We might have a good guest. We might have a good guest. But meanwhile, before we have that guest, it's time for me to die. No. See ya! That was bad. Didn't no, work. It was Not okay. Bad. It wasn't that bad. It was, and, it was okay. If it works, it works. That's the key. Well, Grant doesn't oh, yeah, know no, what any of it sounds like because he doesn't listen to the podcast unless he's on it. That's there you go. Zone, zone 32. 32.